When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to breakfast, everyone, and happy Monday. Good morning if you're listening on SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney as we fill the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. And for the first hour, we welcome to all of you north of the border on SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane. Patton Hills will be along from 6 AM Queensland time. And if you're listening anywhere else across the SEN network, good morning to you. Heaps of support to discuss today, including Peter Volandis confirms the Bears... He wants them back in the NRL. The Socceroos bow out of the Asian Cup. Australia beats the uh, West Indies in the second ODI at the SCG. Uh, Michael Karianis, welcome. Good morning, Miss Al. How are you? I'm very well, very well. Spring in my step today. Monday, big week on breakfast this week for the two of us. Yes, yes. Last week for summer breakfast before the big, big boys dogs are back. Vossi yep. uh, and Brandy, only one week away. I know our listeners will be very surprised. Uh, not surprised. surprised. <laughs> excited. Very excited. Surprised at actually coming back because I've had so long off. Yeah, or... we'll be surprised. I was surprised. I was like, Vossi and Brandy work on SEN. <laughs> um, how's your weekend? Oh, mate, my I live a dull existence at the moment. Usually the off season is where you know it's a bit fun, it's a bit looser. Um, I love summer. Uh, but Big summer guy. But not this year, mate. We've got the Bubju, another Bubju next month. We've got a 17-month-old at the moment. So it's a matter of trying to keep um, both girls at home under control heading into um, chaos next month. Can I give you a tip? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, here we go. So neither my mum or dad are swimmers. Mm. Neither of them really proficient in swimming. Yeah. But when mum was pregnant, I was a, a very large baby. Yeah. And I was born in April, so I was the, the main months of pregnancy were through summer. And I was so large that she couldn't do much exercise. So all the exercise she did throughout her whole pregnancy was swimming. She spent all her time at the pool swimming. Yeah. And she claims that that's the reason that I then became a swimmer. So a bit of advice, if you want a little Mariana swimmer, you want the next Greek Olympian. (laughs) Looks like my mum's going to be a movie critic or something. A movie critic. (laughs) (laughs) I better not say that too loud. What about... What about you? You out of the two of us, you're definitely living the life c- compared to me at the moment. Um, and there were some whispers as I entered the office that you might have finally got down on one knee. No, no, false. No, fake, fake news. news. So what happened, uh, MC? It's my girlfriend's thirtieth birthday this coming Sunday. Yep. And so she's from Melbourne originally, and her, and her school friends from Melbourne got chatting to me, and they said, "Oh, we'd love to." Uh, you know, have a party for, for Rose. I said, well, we can't do it on the weekend of her birthday because all her family are going to be in Sydney and they're all staying at our house and we're going to do a family thing for Rose on her birthday. She didn't want to do 
a massive party and a birthday because she wasn't sure about Melbourne friends, Sydney friends, work friends, family. It was too much to organize. So I said, how about you come down the weekend before her birthday, uh, come and stay at our house. We'll, I'll organize a big night in Bondi. We'll surprise her and she'll, she'll love it. And she'll love the fact that you all get a chance to come down. None of them have been to our house in Bondi before either. So they said, yep, no worries. Anyway, two weeks ago, they contacted me and say, actually, no change of plans. We're staying at a hotel in the city. Mm. What we need you to do is bring her to this specific hotel room at this hotel in the city. Tell her, oh, we're just having a night out in the city. The two of us have booked a hotel for us and we're going to go out afterwards. Yeah. Now, I've been dating Rose now for nine years. Okay. So if you said to a partner of nine years, yes. I've got a surprise night in the city for the two of us. I've booked a hotel room and are then very coy around the plan. So I haven't booked any restaurants. I haven't got any specific locations. Can't give any details. Very suspect. Yes. Very sketchy. Very yes, suspect. Yes. So I made my own plan. I thought, I'm not telling you I've booked a hotel for two in the city. I looked where they booked the hotel and it was down the southern end of the city. So I'm like, what, what reason would I have to tell her we're going down that end of the city? So I said to Rose earlier in the week, Let's go for dinner in Chinatown okay. on the weekend. Yep. She's one of those people that has to be in control of everything. So okay. she's like, which restaurant are we going to? I said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll book it. No, no, no. Which restaurant? Well, I'll book it tomorrow. Next day, which restaurant are we going to? Look, why don't we just go to Chinatown, walk around and find somewhere? And she said, you never do that. You always have to book a restaurant. Which restaurant? I said, just leave it with me. Yeah. I'll book somewhere. Forget about it. So she's asking me every day about that. Then her friends say, oh, can you get her to the hotel room at 3 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, that's and perfect dinner time. Yeah. Oh, now I've said dinner. So I said, oh, let's go into, let's go into the city at 3 o'clock and just walk around. Why would we do that? I said, can we just go into the city at 3, please, please? And it wasn't hot at all yesterday. Oh, so it gets to 2.30. Yeah. I go, come on, let's go. Let's go into the city. Oh, I'm going to wash the dog. So no, let's just go to the city. She goes, no, I'm washing the dog. So she goes upstairs and starts washing the dog. Uh, like, what is it? And I can't, I can't say, no, we have a time. We have to be there or yeah. to give away the surprise. Anyway, so she washes the dog. By now, it's pretty much three o'clock. Yeah. And I said, all right, come on, get dressed now and get ready. What should I wear? Oh, dress nice. Oh, actually, I'm going to walk the dog now to dry him off. I was like, you're not walking the dog. Get dressed. Wear something nice. We're going into the city. Anyway, as she's getting changed and stuff, she ducks downstairs for a second and I quickly grab a bag and put together an overnight bag yep. and then rush down and hide it in the car and then come back into the house. She gets ready, drive her into the city. We park near this hotel in the southern end of the city, sort of down towards Surrey Hills end. She's like, why are we parking here? This isn't that close to Chinatown. And I was like, oh, <laughs> don't worry about it. We'll just we'll walk around a bit. Then I take her to the hotel. Is it awkward in the car or is it like... Yeah, oh, awkward. Yeah. Awkward. Uh, because I'm giving no details and she's starting to... I'm, I know she's starting to think proposal. Yeah. I just know. Yeah. Because I've been under a lot of pressure from all angles recently. Yeah. yeah. Get into the hotel. Rather than checking in, I go to the, the counter and say, oh, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a key to pick up for James. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's big grin on his face. Yeah, I've got the key for you. He gives me the key. Doesn't ask for any details, credit card, nothing. And she's just standing there looking at me. And then as we go to the elevator, she's like, what's going on? Uh, I was like, don't, just don't ask questions. She's like, what have you got planned? Uh, I said, trust me, don't ask any questions. Anyway, go up in the hotel uh, elevators. 
go and knock on the door of this hotel room so that they know where there's, they can surprise her. And she's just looking at me like, what is happening? Swipe the door open and uh, she goes in, huge surprise. Um, and then I, I did the Harry Houdini. I got out of there and they had a, a girls weekend. Nice. So I dropped her off Saturday afternoon. Um, she came home Sunday afternoon. I uh, did her girls weekend thing, but the pressure for a proposal at the moment and any moment like that now yeah, just feels like it's leading to something. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a stressful week MC and I, to be honest, I'm glad that weekend's <laughs> over because I, all week I was stressed about how am I going to do this surprise? Yeah. Uh, this is, and you know, people are, there's mixed reports on your, um, your story or does this end from Western Sydney? Yes, it does. But what about James? From this is a text from James. If I did something like what you did, I would get told, "What did you do? What do you want?" And no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, that was the problem. Yeah, that was the problem. See, if if Rose said to me, "We're going for dinner in the city on Saturday night," not only would I have forgotten what she'd said twenty minutes later, I wouldn't ask a question all week. Yeah, it's just, but she has to know every detail of everything. I, I doing. think in in my relationship, I'm the inquisitive one. My my uh. wife's more. Yeah, all right, sweet. Just go with the flow. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, where are we going? What time do we have to be there? What do I need to take? How you did know? you propose? Oh, it's it's a long story. So but we met at a gym, right? Yeah, wow. All right, so we, we met at a gym. And Pumping iron? Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I'm very impressive in the gym, yeah. James. And um, it was my mate's gym. So I told her um, I needed, I had a session there in the morning and I told her I left my wallet there, mm. right? So then I pretended that I had to go to work. Work knew I had the day off. It was a Saturday. Work knew I had the day off. So I went and picked her up and said, oh, let's go have lunch near the gym, but I need to go back to the gym to get my wallet. So she's like, oh, okay. Doesn't ask any questions, right? Sweet as. So I've put the gym's closed at this stage. So I've put the ring in a locker in the gym. Yeah. So we've gone up. I go, oh, I don't know where my wallet is. Um, why don't you check in the lockers? I'll check in the bathroom. So we get there. I have the key. I unlock the door. She goes up and she's like, oh. Someone's left their ring here. <laughs> <laughs> she turns around and I'm on one knee and oh, that's nice. how I did it. And nice. then we went to the city and did all that sort of stuff. And it's what so, meeting because that's where you met as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It's like random, like that's proposing nice. in the gym, but because yeah. that's where we met yeah. is is why I... Um, and she had no sneaking suspicion. No, not really because she's pretty... She's trusting, right? So yeah. she legit thought I left my wallet at the gym. I like it. Um, so that was my little little segue into that and, and, and did it like that. So... Um, yeah, that was successful. If I reckon if we had have thrown open to the listeners, uh, <laughs> Where who, I'm who, at, who met their girlfriend at the gym, <laughs> you'd been paying a hundred to one. <laughs> That's what my mates were like initially. Like, mate, just tell her you met her on Tinder. It's fine. It's sweet. I said, no, I really didn't. Hey, overnight we had the one day international West Indies in Australia. Uh, Australia, of course, the juggernaut rolls on. Uh, Sean Abbott played a starring role and he was player of the match. Crucial to Australia winning. He scored 69 off 63 balls to help the Aussies reach nine for 258. Windy's all out for 175. But uh, he hit someone in the crowd during he the match. He did, yeah. So he's hit a six. Yeah. This ball's gone flying into the members section, actually. So it could have been a, a big hitter. Mm. <laughs> straight. He's tried to catch it straight into his face, hits him in the glasses, splits him, yep. smashes the glasses. Yeah. I don't know how it didn't knock him out. It should have been a knockout punch. Well, it should have caught it. 
He should have caught it. He had it. every opportunity. I don't think there was a deflection either. Sometimes no when, deflection. when the you know everyone's going for it, there's fingers in the air and you can get a deflection, no worries. But he had an opportunity to, to catch that and just no good. Uh, all right, let's listen to some audio of that match, particularly the Sean Abbott montage, which led to Australia being in the box seat after their innings. Full of pitch. Abbott has a big dig at this. Has it gone the whole way? Yes, it has. Well, Abbott has aimed for the members and he's got there with a six, a thundering six. Joseph into Abbott. He just chips it back over the bowler's head. He'll pick up a single. That's your half century. Zampa scampers back for a second. Good running, good batting, and a timely innings from Sean Abbott. Shepard with Abbott waiting, swinging, full toss. Got it straight out of the screws and over the fence. Second ball, slower delivery. Probably a bigger hit. It's high in the air. Back-to-back sixes for Sean Abbott. Huge innings from Sean Abbott, but the story of the night was the man getting smashed in the face. Now, there's a story in the papers this morning saying that he's pretty upset with himself because he's the leading catcher at his local cricket club. (laughs) And under pressure on national TV... (laughs) Not only has he not caught it, he's been smashed in the face. <laughs> Cricket Australia has confirmed that they stitched him up uh, after the incident. So they've taken some responsibility. Yeah. But his mates will be stitching him up today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. There's missing, there's dropping a catch, and then there's letting it hit your net. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Have you ever been in a in the stands and, and caught a ball or a, a rugby league ball? No, I don't. What about when you sideline? Yeah, sideline I have. Yeah, yeah. You caught a S- ball? Sideline I have, yeah. You've ever dropped one? No, I don't think so. Because if they're coming to me on the sideline, they're not usually, because it's so close, it's usually one of those little dink kicks for touch or something like that. Nothing of, of yeah. no. I'm more worried about the ball coming and hitting me on the head. So you've never had a, a Burton bomb that's gone slightly astray and you've had to catch it on the sideline? Oh, yeah, one-handed with my eyes closed. <laughs> no, no, I don't go near them. No, no. Usually I've got my laptop on me as well, so I've got to be careful uh, um, to make sure I don't cause too much damage. But it's usually when I'm doing sideline, I'm worried about the fans throwing it at my head. Yeah. When when they catch a bomb. Yeah. Or when the ball goes uh, over there. But that yeah, that is it is quite dangerous too. If you if you, you yeah. know, have your eyes on the ball in the cricket particularly. But I, I think um old mate's in for a, a tough time. Yeah, the the group Snapchat or Could you imagine WhatsApp the WhatsApp? Or, yeah, yes, it's going off. Going. <laughs> Big dramas. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is our text line. Have you ever been hit by a ball in the grandstand? Or even better, have you ever caught a great catch, cricket match, NRL game. Baseball. Baseball would be yeah. dangerous as well. Because watching that replay, the size of a cricket, that's a rock coming mm. at you at 130 balls, yeah. k's an hour or yeah. so. Straight in the face. You did pretty yeah. well to it stay standing. Hurt. Yeah, it, oh, it would have hurt. Time. What about at the Central Coast in those games? Sometimes when they're playing footy and the ball goes over the fence and people just run off with the footies. Yeah, into onto the highway. Onto the highway, yeah. Yeah, so text us in 0457736736. Even better. Give us a call, one 1170 We have a Signet Boost power bank to give away to the best caller today. The lines are now open. We are here for Brighton's lawyers unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's lawyers. Your calls and texts in just a moment. Welcome back to 1170 SEN uh, in Sydney. Chance of showers this afternoon and evening, heading for a top of 33 in the city. 37 for you guys out in Penrith. Uh, good morning if you're in Brisbane. You're with us for another half hour before Patton Hills will be along. Partly cloudy up there today and 32. Breakfast is powered by Kubota for over 40 years 
We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Reminder, Vossi and Brandy are back next Monday. Does that mean you're back to News Corp, MC? Well, I'm still there. But yes, yeah, but, but back on the back, back on the pen. Yeah, yeah, full time. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, write anything? Do you read anything? No, no. I mean, do you write with a pen? <laughs> oh no, sorry. You, I think you mean like do you read the page? Do you do shorthand? Uh, I sort of know shorthand, but when I interview, I'm um, quick type. Like if I interview, I just touch type. Okay, that's and easier. You have a little voice recorder. I, I, well, I just use my phone if yep. I'm doing a face to face interview. But if I'm doing it on the phone, if I'm doing, if I'm interviewing you from on the phone, I just touch type. While you're while you're doing it, yeah, wow, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, and it just saves time too. Yeah, so I don't have to go back and listen to it, which is a major punish. Well, I noticed a change throughout my career in reporters when I started. They'd all have the notepad, oh, the yeah. shorthand, and then it switched to the little recorders. Yeah, that's what I started with. Yeah, and then it switched to the phone. Yeah, yeah. some journalists still carry a, a dictaphone with them. Yeah, um, but I I probably haven't used mine for five years. It's but so shorthand dead. Would new journalists learn shorthand? I don't know. Like, it was part of my traineeship. So when I first started um, to get my cadetship at, at um, the St. George Leader, where I was, I needed shorthand. I was very bad at it. I did it with Chamus. Chamus and I had to do it yeah. together. He was very good at it. At shorthand? Yeah, yeah. What's an example of shorthand? Like, a little symbol means something? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's basically, and is it universal it can, or do you make your own? No, no, it's universal. And, like, that would be A, B, C, D. Like, it's... Like little indentations, basically. Mm. Um, but it can be whatever you want it to be, as long as you can read it back. Yeah. Okay. So have you have you been back on the typewriter this week? Yeah. Last week was my first back? week back. Yeah. yeah. Big stories during the week. Uh, not too bad. Um, we've got we had one on on junior rugby league, which we'll touch on um, later in the show. There's already a few texts that, about that, so we'll we'll get into that later in the show. It's a you know an interesting change. It sort of split. Um, Opinion. uh, Opinions, definitely at at the grassroots level. But, you know, there's a few bits and pieces, nothing huge. Just uh, warming my way into the year. Hey, Friday afternoon, uh, myself and Justin Horro hosted the Rugby League Players Association. uh, Little social do. Nice. Pretty cool. Down there at St. George at Cogra. Um, Really interesting to see the change in dynamic now. Any past rugby league events uh, I've been to has been all men. And this one now, NRLW, so they mm. had 28 male delegates from, from all the clubs and 28 female delegates from all the clubs. It was almost like going more into a swim team environment okay, now, yeah. right? Because the banter changes a little bit, the mood yeah. changes a little bit. Uh, you know, you've got to break that, uh, break the ice of, you know, some of the guys will know some of the girls. And then you've got like a, an Adam Elliott and a Millie um, Boyle there who are married now. Yeah. Is she Millie Elliott? I'm not sure what she. I, I Millie did, Elliott I, sounds like Missy Elliott. I, I just. <laughs> I did. I did read a story last week in the newspaper where she was referred to as Millie Elliott. Millie Elliott. Missy so Elliott. I think maybe. Obviously, that must be the case. She is Missy Elliott. Then Missy isn't Elliott. She? Mrs. Elliott. Yes. Uh, yeah. Interesting to see the change in <laughs> dynamics, and I guess you know it'd be a shift for the sport, right? Mm. Because then they were all staying down at the Novotel at Brighton Les Sands. Okay. When we were on swim teams, you used to have rules. You know, after a certain time. Can't go and, you know, guys, you can't go to level three. Girls, oh, yeah. you can't go. How often was that broken? By me, not, not at all. Not by you. By me, general. not at all. By some of the young fellas, yeah, for sure, for sure. But you weren't young on the team once? I was young on the team <laughs> once, but I, I was more of a uh, destination adventurer, let's call it. So if we're in Spain, <laughs> I'm not hanging around the team hotel room. I'm venturing out into Spain. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Uh, I've got you. But we had to choose the best. So we did lawn bowls for our social event. Yep. Scope and I were the team captains. We had 28 each on our teams, 14 girls, 14 guys. And we had to choose our best bowlers to, to face off. So the best two bowlers uh, from the men's side on my team were uh, Tom Trebojevic and Daly Cherry Evans. Mm. Now, interestingly, of my 14 male players, I only had two backs. Okay. 12 forwards, two backs. And the forwards are no good. Who was the worst? Oh, Toff Sipley. <laughs> yeah. pretty bad. Didn't have much of a soft touch. Did, just, you just, did you just hang out with the Manly boys, did you? There's heaps of Manly boys there. Ethan Bullymore was there. Okay. They had four delegates, whereas so, most teams only had two. Jamie Bure is helping out his boys. Jamie Bure, Tom Simons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah, who did yeah. he bring in? Justin Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a Manly old boys there. It was a bit of a Manly old boys. But uh, interestingly, talking to those boys about uh, Vegas. Oh, yeah. So I was saying, you know, I'm interested in what you're doing after the game. Well, they're actually only there for a day after they play. They're pretty much flying straight back that next night. Mm. But they get there 10 days before they play. So any uh, social events or anything are going to happen in those f- that first day or two because they're going to be trying to get over jet lag. I think the first two days they get there, there won't be any training or anything like that so that then they can sort of get into the week as a whole and, and prepare for the game. So any... Yeah, social events or festivities are going to be in the first day or two that they get there, not after the game. They won't have a blowout after. Surely they let them off the leash after, straight after the game for a night. Unless they have, well, there'd be some you know experienced campaigners in there that might have something planned so that they're ready to go straight after that game. But for the most part, it's going to be the week leading up where they've got a little bit more freedom. Mm. And then they also, you know, it's a different, it's a different world these days, rugby league. They were talking about, you know, recovering, getting back, flight, round two coming up. Then they're into the season proper, yeah. right? So they were more focused on, on the season at hand. It'd be pretty tough going to Vegas and not giving them a one blowout. Yeah. A uh, couple of quick texts, MC. Uh, Lionel says, put a ring on it, you slack prick. Must be talking to producer yeah, Dan. He's been with his missus for nine, nine years. Nine years as well. Disgraceful, Dan. Put a ring on it. Uh, morning, guys. It's Trotman. Uh, para home game versus the Waz, Sean Johnson. Uh, he was kicking for touch and a ball came straight at me through the arms, straight into the noggin. <laughs> Poor effort on my behalf. Send us some video footage. Yeah. Proof. <laughs> proof. So we're talking this morning. Have you been in the crowd and had a, either a catch or a drop been hit in the face? Maybe like, uh, Trotman 0457736736. As always, we're here for Brighton's Lawyers. 6.30 News is up next, and then we're back with a complete wrap of all the morning sport news. Boda, for over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just waking up, here's some of what's making news. Peter Volandis has told Phil Rothfield in today's Telegraph that he wants to see the North Sydney Bears as part of a future expansion team. Here's a bit of PVL chatting with Buzz. Everywhere I go, that's the question I get, when are you bringing back the Bears? I never realised they had so many people. Tens of thousands. We lost them to the game. uh, There's no doubt about that because, as I said, everywhere I go, the most commonly asked question I get since I've been a rugby league administrator is when are you bringing back the Bears? So, look, they've got to be in the equation there somewhere. They can't be a standalone team in Sydney because there's too many already. But they certainly can be part of a a future team, um, you know, be it the Pacific, be it... Perth, be it wherever, uh, there's an opportunity there for them. It makes sense that they'd be brought back in some fashion because they've got 200,000 members. They're certainly in the equation.
Porkies. Which bit? There's no way the most common question Peter Volandis gets is when are you bringing back the Bears? How many Bears fans do you know? No young ones. I know a few. I do know a few. I know two. Yeah, yeah. I, I two. Know. I'd love to see the Bears back. I really would. In not, North Sydney? Not North Sydney Bears. It will never be North Sydney Bears. and the well, people forget about it. The people of the Bears realise that it will never be North Sydney Bears. Buzz said we've lost them to the game. So do you really think... And I read an article saying Peter Valendi's quoted 200,000 Bears fans. Again, porkies. There's no way there's 200,000 Bears fans. B, if they love the game, they'd pick another team. I don't no. think we've lost them to the No, sport. I think there'd be an element of fans that we did lose. It was like when South Sydney were booted out of the competition. You do lose because people don't have a passion for another club. Some people love their club more than they love rugby league. Right? So I, I get the fact that there would have been a stack of North Sydney Bears fans, now elderly, mind you. Yeah, well, half well, that's, of them have probably gonna, kicked the bucket. Well, that's going to be the issue. The issue is, do they have an, enough to uh, enough younger fans to sustain that fan base? Because there'd be no one under 40 that goes for North Sydney. No. And if you look around, we're in North Sydney right now. Mm. North Sydney itself is a CBD, right? Yeah. There would be a portion of people that live here. But if you're looking at... Uh, the area generally. Is it a rugby league heartland? I wouldn't have thought so. Would you have strong juniors? What, from Mossman and Neutral Bay? Kira Billy? Is the Prime Minister's kids going to be in the junior <laughs> system? I wouldn't have thought it'd be the strongest area for juniors either. No, it's the brand the Bears. It's the moniker the Bears and the worth that that brings. And I think um, when we talk expansion, look, I think 18, team 18 will be PNG, team 19 will be Perth, and team 20 will be uh, either Pacifica slash New Zealand team, and part of that will be the Bears. I, I think the Bears moniker will come back. By the time we get to 20 teams, there will be a team called the Blah 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 Bears. Okay. so And they'll play two games max out of North Sydney Oval, but be based as a second team in New Zealand. So if it's the Bears, and part of that metric is they've got 200,000 fans, how many of those 200,000 fans are going to travel to Perth every weekend to watch the Bears play in Perth? Are they going to keep supporting the Bears? And if so, are they the type of fan that the NRL can cash in on? Because for all intents and purposes, they probably won't be able to go to No, Perth but what to it, watch but, it. But what it is, is you, you get, they'll support. I think 99% of North Sydney fans will support any reincarnation of the Bears, whether it's in Perth, whether it's in New Zealand, whatever the case may be. But they don't have to travel to Perth to watch their team play because they're going to get 12 games in Sydney from opposition. So what will happen if I'm if I'm an NRL if I'm an NRL side based in Sydney, I'd rather play the Perth Bears because I know there's going to be a catchment of fans in Sydney that will go and watch that side as an away side than you know the Perth Reds, whatever the case may be, whatever that that moniker is, because everyone that supported North Sydney, if they all still live in Sydney or whoever of those fans that live in Sydney, or even if they don't live in Sydney, they'll travel to watch South v. the Bears okay. at that traditional clash. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah. think Manly v. the Bears. I think there is certainly some value in bringing back the Bears. And I think once we get to 20 teams, there will be the Bears. And don't forget, last year, there was reports that the Jets, the Newtown Jets, have aligned themselves with the Perth bid. And whether or not they become the Perth Jets and play one game out of Leichhardt or Henson or whatever the case may be yeah. and bring back that fan base as well. Because there is, we know, the fact that, you know, they've become quite a niche little brand, Newtown. 
They've got it, a cult following. They do have the a cult following, Cup. right? So we might have a, a situation when we get to 20 teams, we have the Jets and the Bears back. Okay. I, I just feel like they're, the two are synonymous, the North Sydney Bears and the Newtown Jets. The Jets without the Newtown and the Bears without the North Sydney, different. It is different. Brand. It is different. But if that's your only choice as a North Sydney fan and they can get those colours back and they can get their history back and mm. they can be called the Bears, yeah, you take it because there's no way we're going to have another team in Sydney. No chance. All right. In the cricket overnight, Australia has defeated the West Indies in the second ODI at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Sean Abbott propelled the Aussies to a total of nine for 258. He is 69 of 63. Here's our own Steve O'Keefe in commentary, jinxing him on the cricket commentary here on SEN. Might have underclubbed here. 251. <laughs> yeah. 275 on target here and maybe a little Sean Abbott 100. Oh, Big call, big call. He's 69 at the moment. Third ball. Oh, he's chopped it straight onto his stumps. <laughs> Abbott goes. <laughs> oh, that's as good as it gets. Oh, Commentator's cursed. Fire, Saki. What about that? Yeah, Sean Abbott, though, uh, much changing innings um, with Australia in, in all sorts there. Top order, Marnus and Steve Smith all failing. And then um, he comes out and, and blasts a, a half century to resurrect the Australian innings. Because at one side, uh, one stage, they were looking like they're going to struggle to crack 200. Pretty bad, yeah. yeah. Hey, just on yesterday's game, uh, there's been criticism around the ticket prices. So there was only 20,000 people there at the SCG, mm. 16,000 at the MCG the other night. So A, reserve tickets, so the good seats, were $130 for adults. Pretty yeah. pricey. Even B, reserve, $100. So the, the cheapest ticket you could find for an adult was E, reserve, which must be in the bleachers, behind the big screen, under bright lights. Restricted viewing. Yeah, it'd have to be. (laughs) Shockers. E E Reserve, if we're starting at A and we get to E, $30. So A Reserve, $130. I mean, for a starter, I'm not paying $130. No chance. No Not to see, and particularly not to see what is really an Australian A team. Really. You're right. Yeah, you're right. So you're not seeing the elite. Any of the bowlers. You're not seeing the elite play. Dave Warner's gone as well, who was box office talent to, to go and yep. watch. Uh, you know, Pat Cummins, the captain, is not playing. So 130 is way too steep. And it's showed by the lack of people that are there. I don't understand why these sporting organizations, and they all do it, don't lower the price to get more people there. Mm. You end up making more money anyway. Of course. Over in the APL, Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham have fallen out of the top four after drawing 2-2 with Everton. The Ange bus... Hit a bumpy road, MC. He was a little bit testy. Uh, the Socceroos crashed out of the Asian Cup quarterfinals after letting a 1-0 lead slip and losing to South Korea 2-1. Very disappointing for the Socceroos. They had so many chances, MC. Mm. They just couldn't put away a goal. They led for quite a while as well. Very frustrating. All right. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. The phone's open and we have lines available. one 300 is the number. Give us a buzz and have a chat. We're back with all your calls and texts in just a moment. Welcome back to Breakfast. A reminder, Vossi and Brandy return to breakfast next Monday, right here on SEN 1170 AM, the home of sport in Sydney. Uh, breakfast powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. The boys are back next Monday. Miss Holland, um, Brandy's going to work four days straight. He's just a machine. So You know what that means. You're in the hot seat on a Friday. That means I'm in on Friday this year. Yes. So I've gone from Wellness Wednesdays on breakfast 
The Freaky Fridays. <laughs> Which do you prefer? Because you've got a bit of both in your life, I'd suggest. <laughs> <laughs> Freaky Fridays is good. I think we can get a bit loose on a Friday. <laughs> Maybe Vossie and I can go for post-breakfast work drinks. You think? Really kick the weekend off. Um, obviously, ben, Brandy and Vossie do a lot of work over the weekend, so... Mm. Brandy's going to do the Monday to Thursday stint, and uh, I'll be the regular on Friday. Looking forward to it. Big year ahead on breakfast. Looking forward to it. I'm joining you on Fridays for a cross. You are? Mm. So you're going to be Thursdays and Fridays this year? Yeah, back at two days in a row. Beautiful. Huge. So we'll be together every Friday. Yeah. Looking forward to it, MC. Hey, uh, text line is blowing up, particularly after the Bears chat. The Bears get people talking, don't they? Anyway, Mick says, kudos to anyone going to live sport on days like yesterday. I was watching in the aircon from the comfort of my own home. Then in bed early enough for a good sleep, ready for a tough day working outdoors. It was a stinky yesterday, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Very what'd, hot. What did you do? You would have gone for a swim at some stage? Or? So uh, by sort of midday yesterday, I heard that there was a procession of hungover girls making their way to Bondi. So uh, I got out of Dodge. <laughs> My mate's got a house with a pool over in North Rocks. So I was over in uh, the Parramatta region for the day, hanging out with my mate at his place. There you go. Did a few little check-ins, and uh, once all the hungover girls were gone from my house, I headed back to my <laughs> sort of 5, 6 p.m. yesterday. It's not my first radio MC. Good I know how these play. things work. Good I know best. how these things work. That's very, I'll pay that. That's I was ready for it. Cool. Actually, I was up early, went to Run Club with Scope. He does a Run Club on a Sunday morning. Got up, went for a run, went out to the gym, Coached at the gym, then trained at the gym myself, then went from Marrickfield across to uh, to North Rocks. So nice. I wasn't in Bondi at all yesterday. Nice. Far nice. from the scene of the crime. I took the little one to the beach very quickly. On... What's your, what's oh, your local Cronulla? I didn't go to the beach. Oatley Bars. So it's like the George River. There's a nice, a nice little swim spot near my house. Very quiet. that You can go get a park five minutes from home. Nice. And then if there's ever a blow up or catastrophe, we can get out very quickly and Head back home. So, are you at swim lesson age yet? Not yet. We're close, close. We will. Um, I think once we get over, heading into next summer, I think we'll start. Yeah, nice. Uh, Shane says, I won tickets to the Super League Tri Series game, New South Wales versus Queensland, back in 1997 at the Sydney Football Stadium. Caught a penalty kick for touch by Brandy. Mm, nice. There you go. Wouldn't it be nice in rugby league if they had enough balls that if you caught one in the crowd, you could keep it? I was going to say exactly the same thing. They've gone through phases of that or like one-off events of it, but yeah, for sure. Because in the baseball, if you catch the ball, you keep it, right? Yeah. yeah. And the you know the, the continuity of the ball doesn't change in rugby league, so you can do it. Yeah. I, I reckon that'd be great. Uh, Western Sydney Eagles, stuff the Bears. They need to move on. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I don't think that it's easy to stay connected to the game if your team's not there, says Tony. Yeah, I agree uh, A follow-up question. If Bulldogs get kicked out of the comp, who do you instantly go for, James, so that you're not lost to the game? I'm going, I'm going Dolphins. I go straight you're just going to jump off the bat. Like you, you wouldn't be resentful or a bit disenfranchised with the game. You just go straight. A little bit, but I love rugby league. Just love it. Feed mm. it straight into my veins. I'm so happy that... We're sort of at the back end of tennis and cricket season now so that we can talk unashamedly <laughs> not getting, about rugby league. Not get blasted not getting on the sprayed on the text line about talking about rugby league in January. It's February and God's game it's is rugby back. league season, baby. We're back, baby. Uh, I'd be, yeah, straight to the Dolphins. And also New South Wales Blues, very passionate Blues fan, passionate Australian fan. Uh, unlike some people in the cricket, I would never cheer against my country. Mm. 
I'm all in on Australia. Yeah. So I, I would never be lost to the game. Who, uh, who, if if Dragon's gone, oh, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably straight just straight to the Illawarra Cutters. <laughs> <laughs> you are you you're by default an Illawarra fan anyway because you go for a dirty merger club. Oh <laughs> uh, yuck. Um, no, I don't. I don't think I'd support a club because I, it's different because of work, mm. right? But yeah, I would. That's all right. You're not a true fan. But no, 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 no. Um, I don't know. I think people in my family would stop watching the game. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't find another club. I don't think you could. I don't know. It's... What if a new team comes in next year and your team's gone? You just go for the new team, surely. Well, let's hit that after the break. All right. Let's go to a break. Back with more. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. A reminder, you can win weekly prizes and a major prize of an NRL Grand Final experience thanks to the brand of hot water that comes on steady, hot and strong. Ream. Visit nrltipping.sen.com.au. Today, MC, 5th of February, mm. 2024, of course, the year of rugby league. <laughs> uh, in 1972, <laughs> on this day, airlines in the United States begin the mandatory inspections of passengers and baggage before flights. So before then, open Free for slather. all. Free for all. Jeez, no wonder Pablo Escobar was so successful. <laughs> uh, Brad Fittler was born on this day, 1972. Happy 52nd birthday, Freddie. Our Fittler. Yeah, I was about to say, I reckon that's that Anzac yeah, day off the left foot yeah. twice. Yeah. So iconic. Vintage Freddie. From one Blues coach to another. What about this? I know. Do you reckon they're going to exchange birthday texts? No. It's also Michael Maguire's birthday today. He's turning the big 5-0. Happy birthday, Michael Maguire. Please, 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 Michael, lead us to victory this year in State of Origin. And on this day in 2014, American comedian Jay Leno hosted the final episode of The Tonight Show. He previously retired in 2009, but returned the following year. So no Tonight Show left, or did they just change the host? There's so many of those late night shows in America, it's hard to keep up, right? Yeah, we had something on last week too, was it David Letterman had just launched... Well, there's David Letterman, there was Jay Leno, there's Jimmy Kimmel, there's, uh, who's that other funny guy? Can't think of his Conan name. Conan O'Brien, does he still do one? He did yeah, one for Yeah, Conan O'Brien. Does he still do one? I don't know. I'm I think he does. Who's here. staying up watching those anyway? They must get big viewerships. Yeah, over there. I was just saying last week, I'm more of a Jerry Springer guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Jerry. <laughs> yeah, Jerry. that's what I... <laughs> R.I.P. Jerry, no longer yeah. with us. Yeah, yeah. Poor Jerry. Uh, if you're listening through <laughs> SENQ 693am in Brisbane... Goodbye. Patton Heels are up next. <laughs> we can talk State of Origin now that you're gone. Uh, if you're listening through SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney, plenty more to come, including Michael Karianis's NRL Players Under Pressure and Nathan Highmarsh later in the show. Stay with us. You're on Breakfast with Michael Karianis and James Magnuson here on SEN 1170 AM. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with Michael Karianis and James Magnuson. Still to come on today's show, Nathan Highmarsh and the chairman of the Bears. We've got him on the line, MC. That chat was so popular before. So much feedback on the text line. We've made some calls and he's coming on. Mm, chat all always things Bears. an interesting conversation regarding the Bears and expansion in the NRL. So we'll get a bit more details later this hour. Uh, all right. Tottenham. Too old. They're falling out of the top four. Ange Postacoglu is under a little bit of pressure now, probably for the first time during his tenure. Let's have a listen to what Ange had to say after that match. 
It's obviously a difficult place to, to sort of try and come and play and, and, and dominate. Um, and for the most part, I thought we handled it okay. Uh, our first half uh, started the game really well. Um, lost a bit of our sort of composure just <coughs> to keep the ball a bit better in that first half. Uh, second half I thought was okay. Uh, created some good chances. Probably needed a third just to sort of kill the game off because you know what's going to happen in the last sort of 10 minutes. Uh, um, and, you know, really disappointing, obviously, to, to then concede so late. You can hear in his voice uh, less of a spring in the step than when he started. It's very much Ricky Stewart areas in the... In the, in the uh, you know what? It's very, it sounded very much like a Ricky Stewart press conference. It's huge pressure, the EPL. Mm. Huge pressure. Crazy. At the start of the year, if you had to say to me that Tottenham would be fighting for the top four... I would have almost said overachieving to get top four. Yeah, and and as you mentioned just before that, uh, we heard from the order. It's probably the first time he's been under the pump in terms of results since he got over there. Yeah, uh, and it was a honeymoon. Harry Kane. Yeah, it was a honeymoon period um, initially. So this is where we get to see what um, what you know. Big Ange is made of. Mm. Uh, other matches in soccer. Now this was over the weekend, the Asian Cup quarterfinals. They're leading one nil, uh, and then. Australia. They lose 2-1 to South Korea. It's actually one of Andrew's players that sunk the ship. Uh, let's listen to what Graham Arnold had to say. Quite devastating at the moment. Quite emotional for all the players and, and staff and how it finished the game. You know, I think uh, for the first 90-odd 90, 90 minutes, we, were, we did very, very well until, uh, you know, obviously given that penalty away with a minute to go, a minute and a half to go, and... Uh, and was going well until, obviously, the penalty. But um, it's hard to, at the moment, emotionally, to, to you know, give too much information. I've learned a lot from this uh, Asian Cup. Somba all around in the soccer world. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but that doesn't have any implications on the, the World Cup for us or the Olympics or anything like that. So the Asian teams have been allocated eight spots yeah. at the upcoming World Cup. So sweet. we pissed that in, like yeah, eight spots. Yeah. Who, who's going to overtake us? Was it Qatar, Saudi Arabia? Like, come on, eight spots. We're good. We're good. Uh, cricket overnight as well. Australia wins that one-day international against the West Indies. Uh, the match pretty much turned around by Sean Abbott. He played a starring role, scoring 69 off 63. However, he didn't get the century. You know why he didn't get the century? Okay. Because of this. Might have underclubbed it. 251. Yeah. 275 on target here, and maybe a little Sean Abbott 100. Oh. Big call. Big call. <laughs> he's 69 at the moment. Third ball. Oh, he's chopped it straight onto his stumps. <laughs> Abbott goes. Doesn't get any better than that. The commentator's curse is alive uh, and well. It's quite amusing. Socky. Come on, Socky. You know what that does. Uh, an unlucky spectator in the members' stand copped a ball straight to the face. During Sean Abbott's innings, uh, Abbott hit a six. Hands went up, straight through the hands, straight into the face, smashed the glasses, split him. The Australian Cricket uh, Association has said they did stitch him up, uh, but he was filthy about dropping the ball. You know why? He's a top catch taker in his local cricket league. Is he? He is. Very disappointing. So we've been asking listeners this morning, 0457736736, have you ever, A, taken a catch in the stand? B, being hit in the face in the stand, or C, being around an incident, whether it be rugby league, cricket, baseball, soccer. You see some great soccer ones where they take a, a place kick 
whether it be in, inside the box or outside the box, and miss the goals mm. and fans behind the goalposts aren't watching. Well, they get um, Very funny stuff. Very funny <laughs> stuff. Hey, uh, all right. You're doing some NRL players under pressure. Yeah, we've only got a couple of... Who have we done clubs. so far? Well, I'll tell you who we've got left. But, right. So we've got we've only got Tigers, Broncos, and South are the only clubs remaining. So we, we might do a recap tomorrow um, of, all of, all of, of all the players, um, considering we've only got South Sydney left. So today we're going to do... We'll start with the Broncos and um, what a year last year for, for Brisbane. I don't think anyone had them finishing in the grand final and they should have won the premiership if it wasn't for the Nathan Cleary masterclass. But, How do um, you find a player under pressure there? Um, oh, you, you can, you, there's a few because there's a few big names, right? You've got Ken Reese Walsh and Ezra Mann back, it back up. up what, what yep. they've been able to do. Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan, you know, some, some of those big guys. But I'm going for Brendan Piakura who's been among the next big things over the last couple of years, was highly yes. in demand. Basically, every club wanted to sign him a few years back. Your Bulldogs went in very, very, very hard. I thought we had him. Yeah. Well, they thought they had him too and ended up staying. And we saw last year glimpses of that potential and, and finally <laughs> a, a run of consistent form. But now with Kurt Capewell leaving the Broncos, I think you'll find Piakura will start in the back row. Then you've got a, a back row of Jordan Rinky and Brendan Puyakura, two young players who have got so much upside and, and so much potential. Um, we've seen Jordan Rinky be able to do it for a sustained period. Yep. Now it's it's Brendan's turn. This is his opportunity now. This is the the amount of money and time that the Broncos have have invested him over the last couple of years is for this moment. Yeah. So that that's why I'm I'm choosing him. There's no doubt he's got so much talent. A ridiculous amount of talent, a guy that can really bend the line and and, and make an impact. But um, you know, there's still question marks on whether he can do it for a season long. Can he play 80 minutes? Can he pump out 80 minutes regularly and be a, a real complement to that Broncos forward pack, who's still arguably one of the best in the competitions, despite Flegler leaving, um, Palacia leaving, and um, uh, obviously Capewell as well. So, what sort of back rower is Brendan Piacora? Because I was leaning towards, I would have picked him over Kurt Capewell mm. last year. I thought he was a bit more of an attacking weapon. Capewell used as more of a defensive back rower. Often teams will have one defensive, one attacking. Yeah. You look at a club like Penrith always had Kikau on one side, then someone who would hold down the mm. defense on the other. What sort of back rower is Piakura? Well, he's way more dynamic than Capewell. Um, yeah. And you mentioned Capewell was brought to do a job in terms of leadership when he got there, the you know, there were serious question marks over the senior players at the Broncos. Well, did they have any senior players, right? Because, you know, they were, they were a rabble on and off the field for mm. a, a bit of a bit of time there. So Capo was brought in to do a job to be that statesman and, and really guide these young players. And I think um, his job's done. I, I've got no issue with him leaving the, the Broncos yeah, because yeah. of the upside of blokes like Pia Kura. And for Brisbane to challenge Penrith again and, and, and to be... Um, on the cusp of the top four, which they sh- they potentially should be with, with the lineup they've got. It's these young guys now, not being young guys. It's these young guys now yep. trying to be established first graders and, and stepping up. We mentioned Mann and Walsh. How, how good were their years last year, right? But they need to do it again. Uh, I was uh, jury out on Jordan Ricky until last year. Yeah. I thought he was very hot and cold early in his career, but that was quite a consistent year. He's a good him. player. Good I think player, he's a good yeah. player. And, Got a little bit of the rubbish out of his game as well. He had a bit of niggle, a bit of lair in him. Yeah. 
Uh, I thought he had an awesome season. Yeah. And you, and you look at that, the age of that Broncos forward pack, uh, aside from probably Billy Walters, they're all young. They are. They all they all have at who, least who replaces five. Flegler as starting front rower? Yeah, maybe uh, Fletcher Baker potentially. Fletcher Baker because uh, Corey who, Jensen was playing. Yeah, he's played. He's played a fair few minutes. They've got Marty so. to power still. They had that young, really tall front rower, Will someone or someone Wilson Willison. Oh yeah, Xavier Willison. They've got Xavier huge Wilson. raps on Xavier Willison. I thought They've he got was huge a great raps player. on him. Yeah, great yeah. Player. So he's another young guy that. Um, you know, will come into the score. Whether he's ready to start week in, week out yet as well, yeah. I'm not sure. But he's definitely a chance yep. of, of starting round one. So you look at that that age of that four pack. Gun. And gun, young, dynamic. All of them. I think they're my pick to win the comp. Yeah. I'm not going to commit to anything yet. I have to <laughs> s- let's see a few trials, but I think they're my pick. Hey, uh, other club. Play under pressure. West we Tigers. Going? I'm going Jaden Sullivan at the West Tigers. Jaden Sullivan. Yeah. He, he's come, um, you know... Uh, a child prodigy, Is this a really. disgruntled Dragons fan no, here? No, no, not okay. at all. No, no. He came through Unbiased. the grades as, uh, you know, one of these players that were destined to be a long-term yep. first grader, along with Junior Ramon. Those two dominated at the junior level for Illawarra. Yep. Um, and we're always going to be, we'll always pin the Dragons and pin their hopes that both of them were going to be 10-year-long players. Neither of them are there now for different reasons. Jaden Sullivan joins the West Tigers off the back of um, a run of hamstring injuries. Um, and you know, you speak to people at the Dragons and, you know, it was a lack of dedication and commitment to his training at times, um, which may have contributed mm-hmm. to, to those injuries and not, you know, becoming the elite professional that he needed to be. Um, the West Tigers have invested heavily in him four year deal worth half a million dollars. The Dragons aren't chipping in a dollar for his contract this okay. year. Um, and the shadow of Jerome Luai looms. Um, at the West Tigers in heading into 2025. So the race is on now to partner Jerome <laughs> Luai long-term. Jaden Sullivan will get, I don't know if he gets first crack. They've got Aiden Caesar still floating around there and young Farnu, you know, so they'll all play first grade at some stage this year. But for mine, Jaden Sullivan's not at the crossroads yet, but he's getting to that point now where he's yet to How show. How old would he be? 22? Yeah, around that age, I'd say, you know, 23. Yeah. Um, he, he's at that point now where he didn't show that he was ready to be a consistent first grader at the Dragons. And yeah. Shane Flanagan was content to, to let him go when he, when he first got there. He'll get an opportunity at the West Tigers, whether it's in round one or not. I think trial form and the like will dictate that. But he'll have a chance. And he has to show that he can be, you know, a long-term halves option for Jerome Luai. Coming through, he... Played mostly seven, right? This year, I, I guess he'd be vying for that six position because Aiden Caesar will play. I don't seven. think Caesar's a walk-up start either. You don't think so? I don't know. Like, ideally, if you're the West Tigers and you're the Benji Marsh and you see enough in Farnu and Sullivan to start, I'd be excited by that. Mm. And, and I think that would be a good. Farnu is a seven as well. Well, they can play seven six. Yeah, right. So Sullivan but, can but play just seven. for argument's sake. They've got three sevens got... there right now. And there's a definite six coming next year. I think Jerome so regardless will play seven of, there. You think you'll play seven? Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's all semantics, right? Okay. Okay. Um, but no, so there, there is a race. You know, Caesar's not a long-term option. We know that. He's a stopgap no. solution. He's there to take – he was a, a sign to take some pressure off those young guys because they were the only halves that they had there at that stage. So yeah. he probably will start the season, I guess, Aiden Caesar, but – uh, you know, if the West Tigers are having success and their halves are Sullivan and Fanu, 
that's exciting for the West Tigers. It is. It is. But then still one of those misses out the following year. Yeah. So regardless of what happens this season at the West Tigers, you're going to have at least one disgruntled half on solid money. On good money, right? But if if they're playing well, um, they're sellable. Okay. So that's the plan then. Well, they'll have to sell one of them. Yeah, because neither of them are really a utility option either. Because we've seen Jaden Sullivan yeah. play a little bit of hooker, but it doesn't work. No, no. It doesn't work. The, the only way that they end up keeping all three of them in 2025 with Jerome Luai, I mean, and, and Sullivan and Farnu is if the fact they think that Farnu is still 12 months away from being a, a regular first grade and they feel like yep. Jaden can do a job there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think at some stage, one of them will be squeezed out. And then you look at player swaps, what other positions do the West Tigers need? That they're in a good they're in the box seat then. If you've got a good quality first grade half, which is so, yep. so rare this day and age. As long as they're playing up to that ability. Otherwise they're gonna to have to carry half a million dollars in their cap for a guy that's playing reserve grade and unsellable or not sellable at that price. So it's a risk as as well to to ensure and I think giving them every opportunity to show that they're first graders not only may help the West Tigers, but it may help the ability to, to sell them at some point. Hey, quickly, I'm sure you would have spoken about this last week, but Greg Inglis walking into the West Tigers last week, mentoring Dream Buller, huge for them, right? Yeah, great. It's it's awesome to have someone like Greg Inglis still connected to, to the game, and it's a bits role. It's a you know, yeah. it's a spare part role. Yeah. You know, it's a pick up the phone, maybe do a lot of um, one-on-one stuff with him in terms of positional play and the like, but to have uh, Greg available to someone like Dream, that's huge for, for the West Tigers, and Dream has showed... You know, there hasn't been a lot of upside at the West Tigers over the last couple of years. You see Dream Buller play and you go, wow, mm. they found their fullback. I thought it was pretty funny how Inglis was in full West Tigers <laughs> kit, head to toe. Yeah. Is that a prerequisite if you're going to do anything at the club, full kit, head to toe? <laughs> Must be. What do you reckon Inglis does with that kit then? Just wear it around the house. Like he'd have so much kit at home. He'd have <laughs> Australian kit. Queensland kit, yeah. Melbourne kit, New South, South oh, Sydney wait, wait. kit, uh, yeah. should have New South Wales <laughs> kit to go with his Bowerville kit from when he was a kid. But uh, yeah, now he'll add full West Tigers kit mm. to that as well. Uh, text us in 0457 736 736 during the show. That's the Edgewater Homes text line. Edgewater Homes mortgage fund. Get up to $1,500 a month off your home loan. T's and C's apply that text number 0457736736. We're also here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Bryden's Lawyers. In a moment, Nick Ashman from Sportsbet is going to chat a bit of married at first sight. Stay with us. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. Nick Ashman from Sportbet, welcome back to Summer Breakfast. G'day boys, uh, hello Missile. How was your uh, how was your break? I haven't spoken to you yet in 2024. Yeah, my break was good. Spent some time in Port Macquarie. Spent some time down there in Lawn, in, in Victoria. So really enjoyed myself. Hey, uh, Premiership markets. Can we start with uh, EPL? He's gone. What's your EPL tip? My EPL tip, Liverpool all the way. I'm a big Liverpool fan. They're leading at the moment. People still saying that Manchester City are going to run them down. But this is now the farewell tour for Jurgen Klopp. So my tip's Liverpool, although I don't think they're betting favourites. Nick, welcome back. Uh, Liverpool, What's uh, what are they paying to win the EPL? Yeah, 325. We spoke about it. Oh, yeah. You lead on February 1. 
25 of the last 27 leaders on February 1 of the EPL ladder have gone on to win the premiership. So if you like uh, Liverpool, 325, uh, get around them. Who are the uh, favourites? Man City looking okay recently. Well, Man City, $1.67. But I don't know about you, but I... You know, they're going okay, but they're not going as good as we've seen in the past, I would have thought. I was just saying, Nick, this is the Jurgen Klopp farewell tour now. They have huge motivation mm. to win it for him. I'm all on board, Liverpool. Uh, what about the premiership market over in the NFL? So the 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs going head-to-head. This is going to be a little bit of a warm-up game for the round one rugby league over in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> what are the markets saying? <laughs> Oh, I love where you're going with that one. Uh, uh, the 49ers have uh, probably been more dominant throughout the season than the Chiefs. So they're $1.77 versus the Chiefs. But a lot of good judges say to win the Super Bowl on the day itself, you need the star quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes is definitely the star with all due respect. So uh, there's not a lot between them. 210 for the Chiefs if you are in uh, a Mahomes or if you are a Mahomes fan. But the 49ers, $1.77. The Lions are just one and a half points, boys. So it's expected to be a really tight game next Monday. But when I talk to you next Monday morning, we'll go through some more markets then. But they're looking pretty good. And then in the NRL, you just spoke about it. It is the warm-up game, of course. Manly versus South, uh, round one over there, or the first game of the season in Las Vegas. Panthers expected to do it again, according to the market, at 375 for 2024. Broncos at 4.35. Then you're out to Storm and the Bunnies at nine apiece. So Roosters at 9.50. A bit of a gap to the Cowboys at $15. Sharkies on their own at 21 bucks. Warriors, $23. They played some good footy towards the back end of last year. They share that line with the Eels. Then you've got the Eagles and the Knights locked at $26. I thought the Knights started to look good towards the back end of the season as well. And the rank outsiders locked at 100 to one apiece. And I reckon that's unders. Dragons, and you named it, the Tigers. <laughs> We've got some Tigers fans on here. They'll be very unhappy to hear about that, Nick. Uh, all right, Married at First Sight. This is a bit of my guilty pleasure. I'm going to own up to this over yeah. the summer months. Yeah. Big Married at First Sight guy. Big Married at First Sight yeah. guy. Now, we have markets on this, which are couples, mm. uh, or how many couples over or unders to stay together? Yeah, it's a good one. And I'm, I, I put my hand up, my wife and I, don't, don't mind uh, sitting down and, and watching it on a Sunday. And we've got the dinner party tonight. Dinner party tonight. Yeah, that's the best episode. That's where the drama comes. Um, you know what the favourite is? And normally it's only one to two couples to remain together. So I thought I'd point this out for those that don't mind uh, a bit of trash television. Three to four couples to remain together. A dollar seventy-two favourite. You can get three dollars fifty second favourite. Five to six couples to remain nah. together. So. That can't happen. We no. all know what happens. They, they're painting a rosy picture now, but we know what happens. It's married at first sight, divorced at first fight. We all know the, how the recipe goes. <laughs> I'm going to have a. I'm having a snip at the one to two couples to remain together at three seventy five, and I'm just going to be cheering fights throughout this whole uh, series. <laughs> That's and the if, market. If, if you're really, if you're really dark, you're really not cheering for anything. You just want complete disaster. No couples to remain together. Eleven dollars. So. Uh, there's something there for the pessimistic viewers. There you go. All right, thanks for joining us, Nick. Good on you, boys. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Vanessa. Breakfast powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just waking up, here is some of what's making news 
Peter Volandis, our Lord and Saviour, has told Phil <laughs> Rothfield in today's Telegraph that he wants to see North Sydney Bears as part of a future expansion team. We'll discuss more about this later in the show because we've got the chairman of the Bears mm. coming on. Must be a slow news day if we're talking North Sydney Bears. I'm so over them. But well, you could just bring that up to the chair later. <laughs> well, I'm interested in that. It, will it work outside of North Sydney? You tend to think yes. We've got a lot of people on the text line, 0457736736, saying that they would support the Bears if they came back and they wouldn't support rugby league anymore if their club was kicked out. Of the yeah, comp. it is an interesting thing, a discussion that we'll have. And I think a lot of people would be lost to the game and it's not as easy to transition to a, another club if your side's booted out of the competition where you, you're just straight on the Dolphins bandwagon. I'd just go on the newest club because I'd, I'd have to Might be the Bears. The <laughs> the Bulldogs will never get kicked out of the comp, ever. We're a juggernaut. <laughs> you I were. I telling myself that. Once. Australia has defeated the West Indies in the second ODI at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Sean Abbott propelled the Aussies to a total of nine for 258. More interestingly in that match, Spectator hit square mm. in the face, through the hands, into the glasses, smashed the glasses, split him. Cricket Australia did fix him up. They stitched him up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Very embarrassing for that individual. And he was also disappointed because he's the top catch taker in his local cricket comp. Speaking of catches, Cam Green took an absolute ripper yesterday as well. It's apparently he's got massive hands, Cam yeah, Green. What they say about big hands, big gloves. Uh, the football desk this morning in the EPL. Arsenal defeated Liverpool 3-1. Well, maybe that's part of the reason that Nick Ashman just gave us that update on Liverpool. 3.25 to win, even though they're leading. Uh, Manchester United has defeated West Ham 3-0. The Wolves have defeated Chelsea 4-2, bit of a boil over. And Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest have drawn 1-1. Do you have an EPL side? Uh, I'm sure I've asked you this, but... Well, I don't really, but I just say Newcastle. Why? Because uh, I was on the summer show with Jimmy last year, and I just had to pick a team, and that was the first one that came to my head. Newcastle. Maybe they're playing or something. I don't know the reason. So I don't like, go for you it. You like that Saudi money? Yeah, yeah cash money. Sweet. Uh, in the A-League, the Matildas star Courtney Vine has played a crucial role in her side's 3-1 defeat of Perth Glory to keep the Sky Blues within reach of the minor premiership and another finals berth. First time I've ever seen a Courtney spelt C-O-R-T-N-E-E. Is that a blooper from Chuck or is that really how Courtney's spelt? There you go. Shout out to Courtney's parents. You've spelled it wrong. In the men's A-League, uh, MacArthur defeated the Western Sydney Wanderers 4-3. And Sydney FC had a 2-2 draw with last place Western United. Hey, 0457736736 is our text line. If you have a daughter, sister, mother, auntie, grandma, Courtney, spelled C-O-R-T-N-E-E, text us in. Or other weird spellings. What's There's always good spellings in rugby league. What about Jai Richardson, which is... J H Y E. Don't know yeah. how they came up with yeah. that. Maybe dyslexic parents. Not sure. Uh, we're here for Bryden's lawyers. I'm unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Bryden's lawyers. Uh, stay with us in just a moment. We'll take a closer look at the North Sydney Bears news this morning. That PVL wants the Bears back in the NRL. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast with Michael Carianis and James Magnuson. A reminder that Vossi and Brandy return to breakfast next Monday. They're powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Now, expansion in the NRL MC is mm. an ongoing talk topic. As we look to get towards eventually, I think PVL floated 20 teams. Yeah. 20 teams by 2030, maybe? Yeah. 20 teams by 2030. Yeah. It's got a ring to it.
Yeah. Uh, now, over the weekend, big story, the North Sydney Bears, they're back in the headlines because of PVL. Let's listen to this audio. Everywhere I go, that's the question I get, when are you bringing back the Bears? I never realised they had so many people. Tens of thousands. We lost them to the game. Uh, there's no doubt about that because, as I said, everywhere I go, the most commonly asked question I get since I've been a rugby league administrator is when are you bringing back the Bears? Mm. So, look, they've got to be in the equation there somewhere. They can't be a standalone team in Sydney because there's too many already. Yep. But they certainly can be part of a, a future team, um, you know, be it the Pacific, be it Perth, be it wherever. Uh, there's an opportunity there for them. It makes sense that they'd be brought back in some fashion because they've got 200,000 members. They're certainly in the equation. Okay, the chairman of the North Sydney Bears joins us live now on The Breakfast Show. Daniel Dixon, welcome to Summer Breakfast. Morning, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Now, you must be excited by that audio. PVL, Talking Bears, uh, bringing them back in the competition. What do you think that would look like? Is this a North Sydney Bears? Is this a Perth Bears? Is this a Papua New Guinea Bears? Where are you at with it? Yeah, look, I, I first want to say uh, yeah, thanks to Phil Rothwell, who did a great job covering that, and obviously Peter for coming out. And giving those uh, bears, the loyal bears fans, uh, that hope that they're still there. Uh, we've been in the same position, uh, regardless of where the game wants to take it. I mean, they've spoken about the Pacific, they've spoken about Perth, another team in New Zealand. Um, it really is not up to us. And to be honest, we've been working on the things that we think is core to a successful venture, and that's the pathways, uh, the corporates, and the, the financial backing, which is so important. So nothing's really changed for us. It did blindside us out of the blue, by the way. When PBL says that, it's uh, it's it's welcome news for the bears. What would be the expectation of, of North Sydney coming back in, into the NRL in terms of name, colours, jersey, mm. how many games in Sydney? Yeah, it's a good question. We've actually stuck with uh, some not negotiables from day one. Um, now, remember, not negotiable sounds a bit harsh, but all that means is if you're going to bring the heritage of the Bears back, uh, we already took the name of the North Sydney out of the North Sydney Bears logo uh, 18 months ago. And that was well received by the fans. And we told the story of why we're doing that. Uh, very, very important to know that the red and black colours, the logo, the name is not about the North Sydney Bears. And I've actually spoken to Peter Belandis about this. He loves the concept of not being regionally focused. So the North Sydney Bears are just the Bears. Uh, when people go to watch the games now, they go and watch the Storm, the Bulldogs, the Seagulls. They don't necessarily give their geographical location. So we, we know that's going to take place. Our members are ready for that. Um, and to be honest, it's a pretty low expectation. We would love to think that you know, games such as uh, the Bears and the Seagulls at, at North Sydney Ava would be a sellout. Two to four games a year would be outstanding, and I think that's just going to give us a nice little footprint. And it's still connecting through to that uh, the heritage of North Sydney. Four games sounds maybe a little ambitious, but would you have to do upgrades <laughs> to North Sydney Oval if you were going to bring NRL games there? Look, you've got to start high, don't you? <laughs> you Aim for the high. stars. Um, yeah, look, and I, I have great conversations with local and also um, state governments regarding this. And the iconic oval of Nelson Oval should not be missed. They are using it as a, the, um, the headline for the women in sport. They've got the, the soccer there. The, they've got the cricket there. Uh, look, I think the government would be all too keen to do some upgrades. It's not a lot to do, but at the same time, they need to do female change rooms, a little bit to grandstands. Outside of that, you know, we're pretty good to go. And I know the government would, uh, would jump on that if that opportunity came up. It seems like the 18th team will be in PNG with no alignment to the Bears. Teams 19-20, you mentioned the, the two possible outcomes, Perth and, uh, you know, Pacifica slash New Zealand, uh, second side in New Zealand. Do you have discussions with those regions or do you, are your discuss, discussions oh, solely with the NRL? Yeah. 
No, 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 absolutely. I mean, God, we've been speaking to those guys for 18 months, and, and the concept there is, remember, this has to be good for the game, otherwise it's good for nobody. So, absolutely, whether it be Perth, whether it be the Pacific, second team in New Zealand, whatever it may be, um, we've been deep in conversations there, and we've been making sure we stick to what we need to, to do to, to be, you know, if the, if the NRL come knocking, we're going to make sure we're ready for that, and, um, and we feel we are. We've been in great discussions with those guys for a long time. In that interview there, uh, Phil Rothfield spoke about tens of thousands of Bears fans I saw in another article it was quoted 200,000 Bears fans. You guys would have (laughs) internal metrics, I'm sure, around social media, interactions, members. How many Bears fans are out there that would jump on board with the Bears franchise? Yeah, look, Peter said uh, 200,000 members, and I think all the NRL clubs would say, where are they? Uh, It's not 200,000 members. We we did a study years ago, and there was 220,000 avid Bears fans. And to be honest, that's what Peter's uh, metrics is around, fanatical and also tribalism. And uh, you know, we have that in spades. Bears fans didn't leave the game. They still follow us in our tier two. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of disenfranchised people when the Bears were out of the comp in 99. And um, I know that they would come back in droves. We have uh, over 55,000 people on our social media following. And, um, you know, very, very good, strong support still. So, yeah, I've got no, con- no concerns about that at all. Bears fans have, have been heartbroken before, mate. Why, why does this seem different? Yeah, look, I, I absolutely been heartbroken. Uh, but at the same time, I think we've got to remember that the game took its direction. And whether we liked it or we didn't like it, that's fine. Um, but most importantly, I think now we've, we've been sticking to our guns and our corporate following and all the things we know that we need uh, to create a successful franchise. And we haven't moved from that. But at the same time, the fans have been there the whole time. We've been communicating with them thoroughly. So this is not a pie in the sky at all. Peter wouldn't come out in media and say that if he didn't feel there was... Uh, and I've spoken to him several times about our structure, about the people backing the Bears and where we're at. Does there become an end point where you guys ever get to reach a stage going, it may just never happen? Well, if they called the 20th time we weren't there, I think you've got to pull the curtains down. Mm. Um, but yeah. no, I don't think we'll ever get that we Last year we came uh, runners-up in the New South Wales Cup and minor premiers in both the men's and the women's. Uh, our junior development program's strong and just getting stronger. We're aligned to the storm this year. So we're, we're, as far as anyone goes, we're the, we're the ones who are ready to go. Um, and, and I think when Peter looks at that, not only have we got the history and the heritage, we're still there in that tier two, which is the breeding ground for the NRL. And, and that's why they, they are taking it so seriously. All right. Well, good luck for the bid, uh, Daniel, whether it's the Perth Bears, the New Zealand Bears, the Las Vegas Bears, <laughs> wherever the Bears are. Good well, luck. I'll be in Las Vegas and I will be wearing my Bears shirt. We've got uh, all of our... Bears members are going across to the NRL. We're giving them free Bears shirts in the crowd. And uh, we'd very much appreciate Fox Sports doing a Zoomer in the ground looking for the Bears shirts. <laughs> there you go. Bears fans in Thanks, Las Vegas. Man. All right, there he is, Daniel Dixon, the chair of the North Sydney Bears. Uh, as we said, the Peter Volandi's Buzz Rothfield interview. It's opened the door back up for the Bears again. Uh, it's Look, we, we hear this story every year. Is it a possibility? Yes. Do I think it'll happen? No, but MC, you're on board. Well, I think, as, as Daniel said, if they get to 20 and the Bears aren't part of it, pull the pin. Done, dusted, it will never happen again. Um, I think, as you alluded to, four games is ambitious. I think the most they can get is one or two games at North Sydney because you don't want to take, where, wherever they go, you can't take too many games away from that fan base as, as well. And they do have the benefit of having multiple games in Sydney. So this is how I think it'll play out. I think Team 18 will be announced in May, June. At some point this year will be PNG. Did you see the coaches uh, survey, yeah. survey that yeah, they did? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was no part of it. A PNG yeah. team. I was part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It doesn't matter what they want. 
Okay. But it doesn't. Like it's provided the, the there's, fans a, there's a, a little team? there's a little bit of Oh, is this pure political? It's political. Yeah. 100% political. Politics and sport. It's 100% political. If the, the federal government turn around and say, no, no, we're pulling the pin here, we're not tipping in millions and millions of dollars, then it's not happening. Well, what if the government changes between now and then it becomes less of a priority? Well, that, that's what I think they've got bipartisan support on it because there's no way they can. They do. Uh, there's no way they, they can do this unless the money's not put into a, uh, a fund or whatever the case may okay. be where it's untouchable regardless of either side of politics because. If that does happen and there is a change of government and they pull the pin, well, then the NRL is going to lose millions of and dollars. And it's definitely not going to be the Papua New Guinea Bears? I don't think so. Uh, I don't. I don't. I think that... Will it be the Kumuls? I, I don't know what they'll be called, but I highly... There's been no dialogue with the PNG. And we even heard it then from, from Daniel. There's been no real dialogue between the PNG bid and the North Sydney Bears. PNG okay. believe they can stand alone. Uh, and I think that's what will happen. I, I think it will end up being the Pacifica Bears. That's my gut on it. Whereas where we'll have a, a team in New Zealand, second team in New Zealand, and that plays potentially in other parts of the Pacific as well, and a and a link with with the Bears, um, Perth have sort of had some conversations with the Jets. Whether or not that ends up happening or not, I'm not sure. But I think 19 will be Perth, 20 will be Pacifica slash New Zealand, and one of those most likely the Pacifica will be the Bears, and then we'll get into a stage of conferences and you know all these things. Yeah. But and no more Queensland teams. We're done with Queensland teams. Uh, well, PNG will be based in Cairns. So okay. there's an element there of, of being another Queensland side. All right. Uh, heaps of texts. 0457 736 is our text line. Uh, BJC from Blacktown says, The Bears, been there, done that. It didn't work out. Simple. Move on. How many times are they going to get to resurrect a dead club? Uh, a little ambitious. You're a polite man, James. <laughs> One trial. That's it, says Spanky. Uh, morning, boys. If the NRL goes to 20 teams, do you think they'll have a look at a two times 10 team pool system? Yes, yeah. MC does. Play everyone in your pool twice, the other pool once. Each pool has a top four playoff system with a Super Bowl style grand final. I don't I know. That. I haven't sat there and worked out exactly how it would work, but it'll be it'll be divisions of 10. I love that. And Sydney division, then other division, play each other twice. Bumper crowds, Home and all away. Sydney games. Yeah, all oh, derbies. Love it. Yeah, they're, they're, I, love it. I think that's the way it will happen. All right. A reminder that Bryden's Lawyers, your verdict is back. All you have to do is pick one NRL winner each week for the chance to win $2,500. Head to sensurvivor.com.au. All thanks to Bryden's Lawyers. Welcome back. Final hour of the show. You're with Michael Carianis and James Magnuson this morning on Summer Breakfast. MC, an article you did yesterday around Junior Rugby League. Talk to me about it. Yeah, it's an interesting one, James. Obviously, um, the NRL have put in this rule. It's not a recommendation. It's a rule from um, the governing body, and um, all districts have been told that they must enforce the rule. So it's twofold here, right? One is um, no tackling until midway through under sevens, and no grand finals eventually until under 13s. Okay. And some associations have pulled back massively on it. MacArthur have a, a huge decision to make on Wednesday night to see if they will um, comply w- with these changes. St. George have in- intimated that they're uncomfortable or may not. Parramatta have said, we will, as long as every other district in Sydney does. So it's a bit of a, a mess here. And look, I can understand the no tackling um, situation where they're trying to introduce rugby league at the, you know, the sixes and, and sevens and implement a tackle safe program. 
and, and midway through the under seven season, they'll get an opportunity to to tackle. That's fine. Yeah, I've got no issue with that. But the fact of not having grand finals until these players are thirteen doesn't sit comfortably with me mm. whatsoever. Um, as a kid, I played eleven years for the Kingsgrove Colts. Never won a grand final. Played one grand final. Got pumped by sixty. Right, mm. but it was the th- it was being part of a club where the whole club supports these teams, right? So you'd get to the game and, you know, people would have streamers and their face painted and hair dyed and yeah. you'd have a tunnel for the side that was running out and you'd yep. get behind them. Mm. After the game, you'd go to the clubhouse, mm. parents would have a drink, the kids would be playing footy. It was this real big, huge club element. And you knew there was a sense of occasion. You knew you were striving for something. Whether or not you won or lost, you know, you knew if you won or lost, right? I mm. lost the grand final. Played heaps of semis, nothing else, right? Then on the flip side, I was able to coach at the same club and we won a few grand finals, right? And those memories that I have with those kids, they're not kids now, they're adults. We still talk about it today. So I think taking that opportunity away from people, it's unnecessary. I don't mind the fact that they're going to be under nines. Some some associations have played grand finals from under sixes. Some have played them since under nines. I think nines is a comfortable age. If you played rugby league now for three years, you're at a stage now where you're ready to compete and play for um, something that's special. Um, I don't know why the NRL point to some things in in Queensland where they say it's worked and you know participation numbers have grown and, and the like. For me, on a personal level, if I'm ten or eleven and I'm not playing for something, I would lose interest. That's my personal point of view. I would lose interest. I wouldn't be as committed. Um, I, I think the clubs as a, as a whole will suffer. Um, that unity, that bond, that getting behind each other won't be there because you're not playing for anything. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I mean, I come from a sport in swimming where you can say there's no medals or ribbons, whatever you want, but at the end of the day, a kid knows whether he won a race or not, yeah. right? Whereas if you're playing a full season of rugby league and they're not keeping a tally on the, the ladder or finals, Yeah, there's no ladder. There won't you, be a ladder. There's no ladder? No there won't minor be a ladder. There'll nothing. be no minor premiership. There'll be, you know, you know, you know they're going to register scores, right? That's what They'll register scores. But there's no competition points. Yeah. There's no ladder. There's no semifinal. There's no anticipation. There's no excitement. There's no getting to Crogger Oval on grand final day where you're here as it played, having an opportunity to play there on grand final day. That's taken away. For what? doesn't make any sense, MC. It doesn't make any sense. All right, it's February, so we can finally talk about rugby league without having to worry about cricket, tennis, all these other sports. God's game is back, which leads us to this. Sando takes the line on. Sando sits it up. Here's Hindmarsh. Nathan Hindmarsh gets his first try of 2012 and Parramatta Stadium almost exploded. The NRL season just around the corner, which leads us to our next guest, Hindy. Nathan Highmarsh, welcome to Summer Breakfast. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Never better, Hindy. Hey, before we get to what what you're on here for, which is you're a club's New South Wales ambassador, we've been talking a lot about the Bears this morning, North Sydney Bears. Now, uh, one of our Texas has messaged us and said that he believes your young fella is playing for the North Sydney Bears. He's in the system, yes, over there at the Bears. So, yeah, uh, Buster, he's 16-year-old. He's over there in the in the Matt squad at the moment. So they had their first game on the weekend. Uh, and I think they're pretty sure they had a draw against the Melbourne Storm. But anyway, yeah, 
Yeah, he's in the system, mate. Yeah, so a bit of obviously a bit of bit of talk around the Bears re-entering the comp. So, which would be good news for a lot of North City supporters out there because there is a heap out there. They're not they're not too young, but they're out there. <laughs> they're definitely <laughs> yeah, not, they're too, not young. They're not young, but Honey, could you see a, a hybrid um, of the Bears working and say they're based in Perth or New Zealand or whatever the case may be, but keeping that that Bears moniker? Could could you see that working and the Bears fans getting behind that? It's it's a difficult one, you know, because I don't support the club. You know what I mean? It's, it's um, I think it could work if the Bears logo is there and they've and they've been relocated somewhere else. I think I think it could still work. I think it, it, it could. It'll take some time, um, obviously to get the new fans set up. But I think I know I can't speak for all the old North supporters, but they would love to see the Bears logo on another jersey painted in NRL again for sure. Hey, staying on Bears. One of our co-workers here on SEN, Bears head, Brian Fletcher. Yes, what's... I'm with that giant flog right now at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, what's, what's planned for, for Fletch and Heine this year? Big year ahead? Uh, well, we're off to Vegas again. We've been to Vegas already. Uh, yes. But it'll be, a, it'll be a massive year. Um, Brian telling his, his standard jokes. And then <laughs> we, we, we have to work everything around Brian's radio commitments now, which is, which is great. <laughs> so he can't do anything past midday, he says. Left Friday. <laughs> Where he, unless it's Friday where he can play golf. So, ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Hindy, I'm getting to an age now. I'm 32, you know, starting to think about having a family in the not-too-distant future. Everyone keeps saying to me, uh, athletes are more likely to have daughters because of high testosterone levels, which lead to more Y chromosomes. And I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, a lot of swimmers I know, daughters... Brian Fletcher, three daughters. Michael Carianis here, daughters. Hey, what, what, what happened to you? Three sons. What's doing with well, the testosterone levels? Obviously, science is not always right. <laughs> we've, we've worked that out, haven't we? But I no, I used to hear that before I had a, a family as well. And I tell you this, Adam Dykes, who I played with a season on two of the Eels, he was a Cronulla grade. He was the fittest man I've ever played with or against, and he ended up having boys. So... It, I think it's a load of shit, that sort of stuff. Um, and it's just one of those things where you have what you have, I suppose. <laughs> and these days, it could be anything. you know. That's, and they've, but then they've got to decide what they're going to be as well. So it's, let's not go down that path. Let's not go down that path. <laughs> oh, all so, right. Uh, okay. That's, that's missile areas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well done, I mean, You've gone down my path. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, well, you're here for Clubs New South Wales. You're an ambassador. Uh, it's also great to see that you've swapped to a successful club and you're promoting the Canterbury <laughs> Leagues Club. Because uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be covering rugby league registration. This is awesome to hear. Up to $100 per child from those ranging from under fives to under 13s within the Canterbury Bankstown Junior Rugby League District. Talk to me about that, Heine. Yeah, oh, look, it's a great initiative. Uh, Canterbury Leagues Club, there, as you just said, mate. They've, you know, with the, with the cost of living now, interest rates, all that type of stuff, it is tough for families now. It is tough for families to register their kids to sport. It's not cheap, uh, and Canterbury Leagues Club has um, put forward a hundred dollars, up to a hundred dollars per child for them to participate in the in the Canterbury comp, which is about, I think it's about thirteen teams. So with that. Um, you know, along with clubs, over $50 million they donate, or not donate, they contribute each year. So it's it goes a long way for kids to either be playing the game that we love and the game that they love or not being able to play at all. So I think it's it's a great call from Canterbury Leagues Club. So does this mean you're jumping on board with Gus to help build back up the Bulldogs? Are you going to be maybe mentoring 
uh, Viliami Kikau this year as well? Well, no, I'm leaving that to Big Mace. <laughs> Willie Mason can do all that sort of stuff. He'll, <laughs> yeah. he'll do that well. And there's a few other there's a few other greats. I think Randy Matua could be involved. So I think, I'm not sure if Mark Amelie's still over there. But, yeah, they've got plenty. But I was a Dogs fan growing up as a kid. So I was huge, huge soft spot for the Bulldogs. Yeah, yep. So I was at there over at uh, Belmore the other day. And I remember when I was a kid playing my first SG ball game there. And I ripped off a sign off the wall that said, home dressing sheds and I stuck that in my backpack straight away and took that home back to Robertson and stuck that on my bedroom door. That was a huge highlight. Huge highlight. I was talking to some of the Bulldogs players the other day about Willie Mason actually and they reckon once a week he tells his story about the first time he and Sonny Bill played against each other. He goes, boys, our first collision, I ran straight at Sonny and he hit me with everything he has. He said, after the game, the sports scientists come to us and they said, the GPS starter, they reckon that was like a car, a head-on car crash at 180 kilometres an hour—the biggest collision they've ever seen in the history of rugby league. <laughs> <Can> you, <laughs> have you heard that story of Willie before, Hindy? Oh, mate, mate, I've heard, I've heard a heap of stories from mates, and they're all, they're all great stories. Are they true? Well, I'm not too sure about that, but he's he's got a yarn or two, mate. He's got a yarn or two, and doesn't mind the sound of his old his own voice, mate. He's a, he's he's hilarious. I but he's he was he was a he was a great player, but I don't know about the first time they played against each other. I don't think GPS was even a thing. Hey honey, not sure if you heard us discussing earlier earlier around um the NRL's decision to implement um banning grand finals until under thirteens and um implementing no tackling until halfway through under sevens. Um, I had my say. I don't mind the the no tackling and, and giving kids some some time to to learn the game, but no grand finals until under thirteens doesn't sit comfortably with me. What's your thoughts on on that? Yeah, look, I've got a young bloke. He's he's under six. He played under sixes. He, last year was under sevens, and this year I think he's back in under sevens again or under eights. But he's done that program, the the tackle say, the tackle ready program, which ran for about I think six weeks prior to the season starting proper. Um, and I was a big what the hell's going on here sort of stuff. But I understand why they're doing it mm. because there are a lot of newcomers into the game. Look, my, my young bloke, he's, he's got three older brothers. They're playing tackle <laughs> footy all the time. So, so that he, he knew how to handle himself in regards to that. But a lot of kids, it's their first time. They may not have siblings. They may not have done any sort of tackling before. So I get the fact that, guys, let's do a six-week program. Let's just get them enjoying the game, get them to know the basics, and then we'll introduce the tackle during the year. So I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that now, right now that I've seen it. I thought it was pretty good. But the grand finals, yeah, I look. Uh, grand final, I think I think it's a bit long, to be honest. I think grand finals could be played at least starting in under 10s or something like that. Yeah. Um, under 13s, definitely they're ready for grand finals. Under 12s, again, I think so. But um, regardless of that, I think clubs and managers and coaches, they'll keep, they'll keep a ladder anyway, if that makes sense. They'll be telling their kids, guys, you, you're running... If there was a ladder, you'd be running first or second or third or whatever like that. So even though there's no recorded ladder, the coaches will still be running one anyway. The parents will be still running it. You know, yeah. I've, I've seen it. I've, I've, you know, I've been involved in it where, yeah, they're not playing for any competition points, but like I've seen under sevens, parents go, oh, yeah, but we're running first on the ladder. But there's no ladder. But we're still running first. You know, so that it'll, it'll still happen. They just won't have that grand final at the end of the year. What about Bearshead? Does he hit you sometimes with his weekend war stories about all the netball games that he goes to? I've had to listen to a couple of those myself when, when I've caught up with him. 
Um, it's kind of slowed down. All, the, all I hear now is how expensive school fees are. Oh, mm. God, school fees have gone up. I said, well, don't send your girls to King Copple. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. he goes, oh, no, that's a... <laughs> he's only picked the but most expensive school in Sydney. Well, I know he has. But he, he came in this morning at 7.30. We're, about, we're supposed to be doing some filming now. Oh, God. School fees. School fees. <laughs> I said, yeah, but maybe, maybe if you didn't go to Mr. Wong's every Friday. Yeah. You'll be able, be able to afford something. Oh, seriously. All right, well, thanks for joining us, Hindy. Uh, as we said, the Canterbury Leagues Club is set to cover rugby league registration for all kids. Awesome initiative, up to $100 per child. Uh, really looking forward to another big year of rugby league and you on our TV screens with Fletch and Hindy. Thanks, boys. Have a good day. All right, we're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. We'll get to all of your calls and texts in just a moment. Jump on the line now. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. We're here for Bryden's lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Bryden's lawyers. A reminder: Vossie and Brandy are back. Breakfast next Monday, and Matty Johns makes his first appearance of the year with Joel and Fletch later today, right here on SEN eleven seventy AM, the home of sport in Sydney. It's a question just popped up in my mind for you, MC. Okay. So I just saw on the TV Henry Winkler is here on a speaking tour. Who's going to see Henry Winkler speak? I'm not sure. But Tom Brady last week was here yeah, doing a speaking tour. How much would they have to pay Tom Brady to come to Australia to speak? Oh, huge. Copes went to that show and, and spoke about it on air last week. But no, that would be hundreds of thousands for, to fly him out here. Hundreds it? of thousands? Wouldn't the it? guy signed a deal for a TV deal worth $250 million, I think it was. With well, surely ESPN. you couldn't pay him a million dollars. But why else would he come to Australia? Would it generate that much? I think it was a, it was only two shows, one in Melbourne, one in Brisbane. That's what I mean. So if anyone went to the show, oh four five seven seven three six seven three six, text us in. I want to know how much the tickets were and uh, how busy, like how many tickets were sold. Mm. I only saw the footage of him throwing. And there the wasn't ball a lot of people there. Walsh. It wasn't. No, I was in the, in the footage. It didn't look like it was like a huge amount of people. It must have been a couple of grand a ticket then. I think there been. was some probably some meet and greets and VIPs and signed merch and stuff that you could buy, which would have been thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. Hey, there's no way you're getting Tom Brady to Australia for under a million dollars. Why would, would he do it? Would you get that money back? I don't Feel know. The promoters? Well, so my mates, a couple of my mates paid $300 to go and see Hasbullah, the the... I don't know what you call him. The science experiment from Russia. Have you seen him? Hasbullah? No. All right. We'll look it up in the break. They went to 300 bucks to go and see Hasbullah uh, at La Montage yeah. uh, on the Bay Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, he didn't speak. He doesn't speak English. He doesn't speak much. They just rolled them in, took a photo next to him. You weren't allowed to touch him. He was barely even looking in the photo. 300 bucks per person. And then they drive, drove Hasbullah out in a Lamborghini at the end of it. And they reckon there was well over a thousand people there, paying three hundred each to see Hasbullah. We can arrange it for you. We always sell ten bucks a pop for me. Yeah, to see Hasbullah. No, or to see me? for people to come and get a photo with you here at North Sydney. Yeah, yeah, well, with ten bucks. What do you reckon? We'll throw in Matt White, <laughs> fifteen bucks for the double. He's coming up after us in here in studio. Tommy Costigan, warming up out there. Uh, all right. Let's get to some calls. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is our call line. Pedro the Rooster. Good morning, Pedro. G'day, James. MC. I'm not much taller than Hasbalar, as you know, James. We've met. I'm about four foot nothing. Um, 
I just want to have a quick chat on the, uh, the decision on by the um, rugby league. I, I I don't have any problem whatsoever with kids coming into the game because parents and mothers are really worried. So I think it's a great idea early on the no tackle thing. But life's full of disappointments, and the and the sooner that you learn to cope with those disappointments, the better. So I'm talking about grand finals. Yeah. I, I played in grand finals. I lost them gut wrenching. I won them fantastic. Some of the best best days of my life that that happening. So the sooner you're exposed to that, because all through your life you're going to have disappointments. There's highs and lows. You, you've got to learn to be able to cope with them. Mm. And I think it's a reflection of society at the that uh, I don't know if, if the young people cope with uh, with rejection as well as they should. And I think this is a way to help them learn, learn disappointment. Oh, we just Pedro lost dropped it, out Pedro. there. Yeah, no, I agree with Pedro. Uh, best days of your life winning grand finals, worst day of your life losing grand finals. Uh, absolutely. Uh, all right, Phil on the Gold Coast, you went to the Tom Brady event, Phil. I did, boys. The boss um, is a big Tom Brady fanboy, so he um, took us out there on Sunday night. It was the worst thing really? I've ever experienced in my life. Mate, we were expecting him to talk about his football life. Mm. He was talking about entrepreneurship and how he's this big businessman. He's no big businessman. He's a football player who's made millions of dollars, who made lots of money, and that's how he makes lots of money now. But on another note, some guy paid six grand for Tom Brady to throw the ball from the stage like he did to Reese Walsh to his kid. It took about 10 goes for the kid to catch it. Oh, but yeah. they didn't even let him kick the ball. Oh. They skipped Reese Walsh with a fine ball. Oh, six, six grand and you didn't keep grand. the ball. I assume, because Coase was telling that last week, I assume he got to keep the yeah, ball. He keep the ball. Oh, no wow. keeping of the ball. Reese Walsh got a side ball. Do you know how much it cost your boss to buy the tickets for you all? I uh, don't have an idea, but put this up. My boss is off to Vegas on Wednesday for the Super Bowl, so he would have paid whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's interesting. I I'd grilled Coach. I'm not sure if it was on air and off air about what Brady was, because I would have thought it would have been about his career, you know, his fallout with Bill Belichick, his move to Tampa Bay, all this sort of stuff. Maybe not the divorce. Deflating balls. Yes, maybe not Giselle was probably off limits, but all the football what? stuff I thought would have been on, none of that. I would have been bored out of my brain. So, Phil, how many people were in the room? Oh, mate, I was head down playing checkers on my phone most of the night. <laughs> like, it was that bad. Yeah. All righty, there you go. Tom Brady in Australia talking about being an entrepreneur. Yeah, no. I it was about life up. lessons and stuff like that. That's seriously weird. All right, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy to have a chat with us like Phil and Pedro just did. Very interesting stuff on the Tom Brady thing. I wonder... Henry Winkler, how much is he charging for a ticket? We can is he throwing f- balls for six grand? Let's see if we can find out of the news. All right, you're on Summer Breakfast with Michael Carianis and James Magnuson. Stick with us after the news. We're going to finish strong last half hour here on Summer Breakfast. Thanks, Vanessa. Our breakfast, powered by Kubota for over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Reminder, Vossi and Brandy, the big dogs, are back Monday if you're only just tuning in, make sure you catch up on what you've missed via the podcast. We had some great chats this morning. Bears chairman Daniel Dixon off the back of that PVL uh, chat about the Bears coming back into the comp. And Nathan Highmarsh talking Canterbury Leagues juniors. Very exciting. Windy <laughs> to the 
Bulldogs. You reckon? Put that up in lights. Nice. Uh, he said he was a Bulldogs fan when he was younger. Mm. Interesting. Uh, plus, MC discuss NRL players under pressure at the Tigers and the Broncos. Catch up on anything you've missed via the podcast. Just search for Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Every Monday, we ask who needs to pull up their socks. For all-day comfort, everyday quality, and everyday style, it has to be all-day socks by Underworks. Jump on the line now. Give us a call. Who needs to pull up their socks? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 My nomination this week, MC, has to be over the weekend. The Socceroos. Okay. Bundled out of the Asian Cup in the quarterfinals. They had so many chances. We've won the Asian Cup previously. I thought... We were probably a decent chance to do so again. Socceroos, pull up your socks. Mine's the NRL for forcing it upon junior associations who don't want to change uh, parts of the fabric of the game um, at the junior league level by banning grand finals eventually to under-13s. I don't think that's good enough. I really don't agree with that decision. I'm comfortable with the no tackling until halfway through under-7s, a great way, an entry point to, to learn the game. And kids at that young age shouldn't be put under any sort of pressure for, for wins and losses. But coming to nines after you've played the game, you're into your third season. I think they should be rewarded with a grand final, an opportunity to, to win a premiership. I know it's not the be-all and end-all, but it's about winning. It's about losing. It's about life lessons. It's about joining clubs together, that club spirit, that mm. team spirit, um, and having an ability to work towards something and achieve something at the end of the season, because grand final day is special. Regardless if you're 7, 8, 9, 10, 45, grand final day in your district, in your area is special, and it's been taken away from the children for no real good reason. I agree with you. It's the whole idea of sport, right, is to teach lessons, to teach life lessons without life consequences. It's about striving. It's about building towards something. It's about for some of these kids having a, a distraction from what's going on at home or around them and get into a safe environment in, in rugby league and working together with their friends, with their teammates, with their coaches to achieve something special. Yeah. Can I give you one more pull up your socks? Tom Brady, if you're coming all the way to Australia to speak to people, you don't want to hear about your entrepreneurism. We want to hear about your football career. We want the goss. We, we want, want a, a we peek want the behind inside the curtain. Chat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. You can text us your nominations as well on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. I looked up Harry, uh, Henry Winkler. You yes. can see him on tomorrow night at um, the Town Hall. Cheapest tickets available in Ticketek and $90 and the best seats, $111. All right. Text us on that as well. Pull up your socks, but also who's paying $110 <laughs> to go and see Henry Winkler talk about what? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. We'll get to all your nominations in just a moment. Welcome back to SEN eleven seventy AM in Sydney. Chance of showers this afternoon and evening. Heading for a top of thirty three in the city, thirty seven in Penrith. The Cronulla Rabbit on the text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Missile, you kids, you just don't understand the cultural reach of Happy Days. The Fonz, hey, mm. yeah, I get it, but still. But still, well, Cronulla Rabbit, answer me this. Would you pay 110 bucks to go and see Henry Winkler speak? I'll tell you, I'll put it this way. If I had a freebie, I wouldn't be going. <laughs> you? No. What about 
If I paid you one hundred and ten dollars, would you go? I, I'm not anti the bloke. Like, yeah, I'm just so neutral. would you go? One hundred and ten bucks? Maybe. I'm not going. <laughs> You're on the big bucks though. Western Sydney Eagle says, "Pull up your socks, guy in the member stand that caught the ball in the face. Have a go, you mug. <laughs> yeah, have a well, supposedly he did that. He's a, he's he a top catcher in his cricket division. He had a go. Not a great go. No. Reptile says, "G'day, shaggers. Pull up your socks, Matt Burton, trying to decide what position he plays and who partners him. What a disgrace. Reptile's got a personal vendetta against Matt Burton. I'm not sure what he did, but um, they'll sort out their differences mm. one day." Uh, Coffs Tiger, morning lads. I went to see Tom Brady, very disappointed. I asked him about Marsha, Alice, <laughs> the rest of the crew, tried to get the dirt on Carol Brady. He just stared back at me blankly. Very funny, Coffs Tiger, not very bad. funny. <laughs> not that good. All right, let's get to the open line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is our number. Chris from Rose Bay. Morning, Chris. Morning, guys. I just want to ask you two questions regarding our grand final in the uh, rugby league. So we got with the Super Bowl, there's a two-week break between the conference finals and the grand final or the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, is there any thought with our concussion rules, and we know which way we're headed here, With um, it's going to become more and more rigorous. A, is there any thought to having a two-week break between the major semis in the grand final and the league? And my second question is, last year apparently uh, the rugby league rated more more people watched rugby league than AFL uh, during the year. But when it came to the grand final, for some inexplicable reason, the AFL, which is on a Saturday afternoon, outrated the rugby league, which is on a Sunday night. So my second question is, is it really that lucrative? Or have they got it wrong? This was a commercial decision to play a nighttime grand final. And yet, for some reason, more people watched an afternoon grand final on a Saturday in the AFL. So maybe maybe they could give thought to perhaps having an afternoon grand final on a Sunday. I yeah. don't know. Just your your opinions. Chris, on your first point regarding a, a two-week a two week period between the prelim and, and the grand final based on concussion, I actually chased that last year when the new concussion rules came into place and the mandatory stand-down. But... Um, I think you'll find, as is the case in, in rugby league, it's going to take a big-name player to be concussed in a in a prelim and miss the grand final for there to be a change. I think eventually, you're right, I, I'd say I'd say that at some stage we'll have a an extension of that, that grand final period with a two-week lead-up to try and um, stop potentially a, a key player from missing because of a, a concussion the week before. Um, so you're right, it won't happen this year, but I think... Once and it will happen at some stage where a player misses a grand final because he's been forced to stand down. And the second point, the afternoon grand final. Look, I think we'd all love the afternoon grand final. I'd love it. I'd love it. You'd love it. Everyone would would want that. But I, I don't know around the the monetary value of afternoon compared to night. Um, but it's obviously a decision that the broadcasters have made and they've scaled it back from night to sort of twilight now. But you're right. I'd love to see an afternoon grand final. I think everyone would. Yep. Makes I, it better for, for events, barbecues, all that sort of stuff. Hey, Chris, for your contribution today, I'm going to give you a caller of the day. You win a golf tour towel and a dozen limited edition Chrome Soft Truvis golf balls from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Uh, stay on the line and we'll grab your details. Also on our open line, 1300 01 Welcome back. Gary from Newtown. Morning, Gary. 
Good morning, James and Michael. James, I agree with you. Pull up your socks of socceroos. They cannot seize the moment, and it's been decades. I, I, I don't understand it, but I'll move on from that. I want to speak about coaches, surveys. They always put a smile on my face, the coaches, when they copy Melbourne when they were flying and letting them play, play like Melbourne. It's just not possible. So I don't take too much notice of coaches, to be honest, more so in surveys. But I just want to, my opinion about coaching is, is this. To stay in the game longer, you need, your, you need your players to be confident of what they're doing. That's the first thing. And how you do that, this is how I see it. I see it this way. You identify what skills the players have got and you work on that. And then you bring that into the game. And whilst they're in the game and they're confident, they'll be in the game longer. And if they're in the game longer, they've got a better chance of winning. That's number one. Number two is, if their game can hold up under pressure, then you start adding on. You don't add on until they hold up under pressure. If you do that and blend your team and then blend the side as a team, I think you'll be winning comps. And you... And basically, you've got to understand where the game's slowly moving so you can buy the right players at the right time. You do that. That's why I like Moses, Moses Leota, because he's, he's, a, he's a forward you need going forward. There's no doubt about it in my eyes. So, so coaching is identifying what you've got. It's not what other people are doing. You can't copy, you can't copy, copy the Panthers. And just on another point, is there anyone going to match the Panthers in Brisbane up tempo, physical for 80 minutes. I just don't see it. And they might do it for 70 minutes. There's no way in the world they're doing it for 80. No team in the comp. I, I, I think it's going to be the same year in year out for quite some time until they change my coaching, uh, how they think about coaching. All righty, there he is, Gary from Newtown, giving us a bit of advice on uh, coaches. I think there'd be a few teams that can go toe to toe this year. I mean, I say it every year, but the Roosters on paper, mm. they should be able to go toe-to-toe. Souths on paper should be able Manly. to go toe-to-toe. Manly. Warriors. I, I really like the Cowboys squad. Oh, yeah. Um, Callum Ponga. Callum Ponga at the Knights, yeah. Uh, just on that coach's survey, MC. Yes. How much do the NRL listen to that feedback? Um, yeah, Peter Volandis does have an audience with um, the – the coaches at times and um, does speak and that, and the coaches do relay their, their feelings either directly to PVL or through um, Graham Annesley and, and, and the likes. So I think the coaches are influential, probably not as influential as they once were um, under previous administrators yeah. and, and the likes. So, but they do listen, um, but there was nothing in there where there was like, Oh, that's going to be a, a massive shift in, in thinking or changes for, for the NRL. A couple of interesting questions I saw were around player managers. Mm. The reason I thought that was interesting is a lot of those coaches have the same player managers. Most. Most. Most yeah. of them do, yeah. So they're talking about, you know, they think that player managers have too much influence in the game. Yeah. But those same player managers would be the ones doing their deals. Yeah. But then they don't like dealing with them <laughs> when they're trying to sign their players. It's a quite a... It is a murky world. It's that. murky. Yeah, it is. It is. Murky, and murky, you, murky. You're right. There are coaches who have player managers and they're negotiating with those managers to try and get deals done for players at their club or other players. And, you know, that that's a a discussion point at the moment because it's post that November 1. So, you know, there's not wins and losses on the board. It's recruitment and retention and the like. So there'd be a lot of conversations being had with player managers at the moment. Uh 
where do, where does that sit now with player managers moving forward? Uh, there was talk before about clubs being you know one manager clubs and managers having too much control over them, mm. and there was efforts to reduce the number of players at certain clubs with player managers. Some managers have been sanctioned over the years. Where are we at in that landscape right now? Well, I you know I don't think if it's not a, a manager's fault if he has too many players at one club. That's the club's fault. The club needs to to look at that and monitor that. And, but and if that manager then turns around and says, unless you sign this player or this coach or you know I'm going to take players, there's a bit club. of that. There's yeah. a bit of that. But you got to be the play. The, the clubs have to be smarter. And we saw that that issue with the the West Tigers all those years ago where they had these you know, big name players all off contract at the one time. You you got to scatter your players a, a little bit as well in terms of their, their contract status ending and the like and, and ensure that the managers don't have that much sway or that much power. But it does happen at, at clubs. And the interesting debate at the moment is whether a coach should be able to have uh, or if a manager should be able to manage a coach exclusively and, a, you know, a, a manager for coaches and the like and not have players as well. But... I don't know how you legislate that because it's only 17 coaches. It's not enough mm. for a, a, a genuine income. No, you'd almost have one manager would have all the coaches that way, right? Mm. Then that would be a problematic in itself yeah. because that's a conflict of interest. And then you're competing for the same job. I always find it interesting when a manager's got multiple clients competing for the same coaching job. True. You know, Murky waters. All right, we've got plenty more prizes to give away in just a moment. Stay with us here on 1170 AM. In Sydney. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with Michael Karianis and James Magnuson. Thanks for all your contributions today. Phil is the winner of our Signet Power Boost Bank for ringing and sharing his thoughts on Tom Brady. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds going 24-7. Uh, after us today, MC, we've got Matt White up next. Uh, among his guests today is the great Billy Moore. No doubt chatting a little bit more North Sydney Bears. Uh, and don't forget, Matty Johns is back on SEN in 2024. He makes his first appearance on Joel and Fletch this afternoon for the run home uh, from 3 p.m. MC, what's on today? Back in the office? No, I um, don't work Mondays. A day off. I've got my swimmers. I'm going to get a Balmoral after this and go for a swim. Are you a good swimmer? Um, Greek, Greeks. <laughs> good swimmer. Greek swimmer. We, am I talking to you about swimming or what? Well, just no, generally. I can, I can swim. Or are you swimming laps or are you just going nah, for a dip? I'm just going for a chill. Yeah. Got my book. I'm just going to chill out for a bit. Meant to what be about? up to 37 today. We were just talking about before. Yeah. Uh, you? If you want to, go and have a photo with MC down at Balmoral. <laughs> He'll have yeah. the Speedos on. Yeah. Are you a Speedo guy or <laughs> no, a board no, short no, guy at the beach? Board, board shorts? No, footy short. no, no, not footy shorts. Short. No, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I'm not wearing footy shorts. And then, so back in the office tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. In here traveling first. Traveling around to clubs. In here first. Of course. Of course. I've got a couple of meetings already lined up for tomorrow, the rest of the week. Nice. What about you? What's on today? Today, uh, my head coach is away at the gym, so I'm coaching quite a bit at the moment. Um, he's What's back. your coaching style? Uh, good question. I mean, I get a bit of a feel for the class. Uh, it's very different because I've done quite a bit of coaching around swimming with kids or mm. young younger adults. But coaching at the gym, it's all adults, right? Yeah. So a lot of them older than me even. Yeah. Um, so you have to have a very different demeanor. But if everyone's up and about, I'm high energy yelling at people. If it's 5 a.m. class, then, you know, I'm a bit more calm and quiet. Just feel the vibe, um, sort of echo that energy. Okay. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, nice. Uh, big week for us here, though, on breakfast. We're on every day this week. Um, if they keep us on air, because we get a bit loose. Yeah, we can get loose, but... 
Bossy and Brandy back on Monday. I reckon they'll be getting a bit loose after the break as well. Well rested. Very well rested, both of them. Looking forward to hearing what they've been up to in the break. Uh, I've been following Vossi on uh, social, so he's been getting around, starting to do the the fan. The fan. Yep. Forgot the name there for a second. Yep. The yep. fan. So he's been travelling all over Australia, interviewing players. So looking forward to hearing about that. I haven't seen much of Brandy. I don't think he's a big social media guy. <laughs> no. So no. not sure what Brandy's Low been up key, to. Brandy. Yeah, looking forward to seeing both of those guys who'll be back Monday. All right, stay with us here on 1170 AM SEN in Sydney because Matt White coming up, Tom Costigan out there perusing the papers, producing the show. Looking forward to a big day here on SEN. I'm off to the gym. MC's off to Balmoral. Get down there, get a photo with yourself <laughs> and MC in the Speedos. Free of charge, not charging Henry Winkler prices, MC. <laughs> All no, right. I'm paying people. You've been on Summer Breakfast with the Missile and MC. Bye.